I'm going to be real with you. I feel like God is going to do something different in the room tonight. We are starting a new series um, called Made for More. I feel like we do this often. We like do a series every month or so, so it's a lot. But starting this new series, Made for More, and I want you to really think about it for just a second. Like, what are you made for? What were you made for? If your mind blanks and you, you just kind of go like, I don't know. School, I'm just trying to get through school. Just let me get through high school. Let me get through middle school and then I'll figure it out, right? I'm not talking about like what you want to do for a living when you go off and like graduate or how many kids you want to have or whether or not you want to get married. I'm, I'm asking like, what do you think is your purpose to be alive? And it should hurt your brain a little bit. You should, I mean, unless you really know Jesus, it's going to hurt your brain a little bit, okay? I want to propose this idea that we were made for so much more than we allow ourselves to think sometimes. And tonight, we're going to talk about how we were made for worship. All right? Let's read Ephesians 1, 18 and 19 together. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. A lot of words there. But we were made for worship. All right? Now, when you think of the word worship, what do you think of right away? Singing. What were we just doing? We were worshiping. We were singing. We were dancing at the front. We had our hands raised. We sang a little bit. We were worshiping, right? But I'm going to propose today that the definition of worship in that sense is just not right, okay? It's some of it, maybe. But worship is so much more than our opportunity here at church. Worship actually as defined by a secular dictionary or like the Webster Dictionary. If you Google it, what is worship? It's the feeling or expression of reverence, adoration, I added love, and respect. I added to the dictionary today because I feel like you can't really worship something if you don't love it, right? I feel like it's right there with adoration. You don't adore something that you don't love, right? But I really want to capture that today, right now. When you think of worship, I need you to think of it as an opportunity to adore something, an opportunity that you respect something. And I would even go as far as to say that there is seasons of our life where obviously we are worshiping different things and it's not always God, right? Sometimes we're worshiping something that we become obsessed with. Obsessed is kind of a buzzword. My, love, my wife really uses the word obsessed a lot. A couple times a day, she's saying, oh, I'm obsessed with this. Kaylee's obsessed with that. This person is obsessed with this. And I'm just like, I feel like we use that word a little bit too much. Okay? But I'll be honest, Christmas Bay came, and a lot of you guys, not me, were probably obsessed with playing video games with your friends. Maybe you got a new... Uh, something for Christmas that you got kind of obsessed with and consumed by, and you started to kind of adore that thing, and then all of a sudden yesterday when you went back to school, you went, oh, this is reality again. I'm back at school, back in my routine, and you're probably not obsessed with your schoolwork, unless you're crazy. No, you're not crazy? All right, good. But this is worship, right? It, it, it is this expression of reverence, adoration, love, or, and respect. And that's, the, that's really like what we want to bring to God. We want to bring adoration. We want to adore God. We want to re revere God. We want to, in a sense, be um, 
in his presence and go like, whoa, you're really big and I feel really small right now. You want to honor him, respect him, and of course love him. And how can you love him if you don't know what he's done for you? How many people in the room feel really confident that they know what God has done for them? Hands higher than they are right now if you're raising them. Yeah, most of the room, you guys feeling really confident? If you're not feeling confident, I'm not trying to say, like, call you out or anything. I'm just saying, like, like there's this opportunity to fall into relationship that causes your heart to overflow in love and adoration and respect. And that, that opportunity is right in front of you tonight. But the, the reason why I asked you that is because I think sometimes when we think about worship, when we think about God, I'm going to go a little off script here tonight. I feel like the Holy Spirit's just pushing on my heart. We feel like we work our way into the presence of God. Have you ever felt like that? Maybe some of the leaders more than students in the room, but I was talking to someone right before youth, and um, they struggle to read their Bible, and they go like, yeah, I just feel far from God when I'm not reading my Bible, so i got to read my Bible so I feel closer. And then the more I read my Bible, the closer I feel. And so all last week I had this wrestle in me. I actually didn't read the Bible for um, like seven days, not for any particular reason. I, I preached a sermon on a Sunday, and I didn't read my Bible again until Monday of the following week. I was at family stuff, where it's the holidays, all the things. I was still praying. It wasn't like I was sinning. I was just not reading my Bible. And I started to wrestle with this idea. Am I further away from God because I chose not to read my Bible? Like, is it, is it that, is the equation that simple? Is it one plus one equals two in that sense? And the, here's why I ask you that. Because the relationship that you have with God doesn't rise and fall on your performance. The relationship that you have with God doesn't rise and fall on your mental health. It doesn't rise and fall on your church attendance. It doesn't rise and fall on your prayer life. God is always right with you. For me, in different moments, I like to think he's like right behind me. And for some reason, I'm looking that way instead of that way. And I just need to take a mental shift and go like, oh, there you are, God. I'm so sorry that I was distracted by my circumstances. Why am I saying all this? Because I really want to encourage someone in the room that has felt like their relationship with God all weighed upon whether or not they checked their box that day. It all weighed upon whether or not they got their soap time in or whether they've read through the whole Bible and maybe they'll kind of figure it out, but not taking away from this. I've been reading the book nonstop since Monday. <laughs> it's powerful. It's really important. But we need to realize that as we step into this space of worship, as we step into this time with God, that our relationship with him can be so intimate if we're willing to just say like, hey God, I don't know where you're at. I don't know how I lost you. Can you come and find me again? Like, could we just humble ourselves to being like, hey, I can't do this on my own anymore. I'm right here. Would you just help me? So I really just, I want to encourage you with that today. And then we'll keep going here on this, this message. All right. Now worship is is many different things, but I like to think of it like this. If we think love, adoration, respect, 
is our heart posture towards God. It doesn't matter what we're doing. It doesn't matter if we're singing. It doesn't matter how good the band sounds or like what's going on in the room around us. It doesn't matter where we're at. Is our heart posture? Are we humble? Are we being with God for the sake of the checklist? Or are we being with God because we want to be in relationship? Are we praying? Are we drawing closer? Are we being intentional? It's a heart posture. Will you guys take the heart posture with me as we step into this series in this new year to, to really be humble in the presence of God and, and kind of be like, I don't have it all figured out. As I, I said, I've been reading the Bible like crazy. You know what, I, what it does when, you, when I read the Bible? I've been reading it. I do a, a Bible in a month in January. And so basically I read a book of the Bible a day or so, depending on like where you're at in the Bible, right? But what it, what it does is it immediately humbles me and makes me feel really tiny because he's such a big God. And then it makes me feel really humbled in his presence because I, I'm not the center of the story. And all too often, I put myself right at the center of the story and go like, hey, all of these people and all these things, they kind of revolve around how God intended to save me. But that's not ever the case, Right? I'm not the center of the story. Jesus, God, the Father is the center of the story and I'm just a piece in the puzzle, hoping to worship him, hoping to be close to him, hoping to be intentional with my time and with my life to leave a legacy that honors Jesus. So worship is number one, our heart posture towards God. Number two, it's an attitude that we have. You find in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Now you can apply it to serving at church. You can apply it to worship team, wherever you're at serving. Maybe you're serving kids on Sunday mornings or something, but I'm gonna apply it to your, how, your home life. How are you doing at home? Is God honored in, in your home? Is your heart posture worship in your home when you talk to your family, to your friends, to your parents in your home? My heart posture is not always that. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm identifying a struggle. I feel like we're in junior high and high school and our number one conflict relationship is our parents. Maybe you don't have a lot of conflict, but think about it in your head and like the only conflict that you really have then is probably with your parents. They want something for you that you might not want for yourself. They want you to have a bedtime still and you don't want to have one. They tell you to shut off your gaming console or stop texting your friends. They want to look through your phone. I don't know what's up. What is your heart posture in those moments though? Is it worship? Are you, are you giving those moments to God and saying like, yeah, I know this kind of sucks, but like I'm just gonna bring it to the feet of Jesus and kind of work through it. Let's take a step further. You're in that relationship with your parents. There's conflict. You blew up already. How do you resolve it? Do you? What is our heart posture in that sense? Are we gonna be intentional to really like be wrong? To, to confess to our parents and be like, hey, yo, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to say that. I don't hate you. Or are we just going to assume that they're good and we're good and it's all good? It's really hard posture. It's attitude. And so I really want us to catch this. It's, 
then attitude that we have is worship. Will we take this attitude of worship and give it back to Jesus? In every circumstance, in every situation, whether we're doing homework or hitting the gym, whether we're talking to our parents or our friends, will we have a heart posture and an attitude of worship? All right, number three. Worship is how we respond to God's goodness. The verse there is Psalm 107, 8 and 9. I'm not sure how small that is for you in the back, but it says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. He satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Y'all, my heart was heavy today for you. Really heavy. I've had uh, a number of really hard conversations with students, with parents. Let's just say Christmas break for a lot of people wasn't all it was cut out to be. Christmas holidays can be really hard, mental health, all the stuff, right? But God brought me back to this, this passage today, Psalm 107, and I started reading through it. And Psalm 107 is like, God shows up. My circumstances suck, God shows up. My life's a mess, God shows up. There's an enemy at my door and God shows up. But sometimes I think that we just put this book and we put it in a box and we go, okay, that was then, but what is now? And I'm here to tell you right now, tonight, that I don't know what, exactly what you're going through. I don't know what's going on in your head, but I know for a fact that God shows up. And the opportunity that we have tonight is to respond to God in, in his goodness in worship. It's the opportunity to take a heart posture of humility, take a heart posture and an attitude change where we look at this opportunity to be in the presence of God and we really lock in and go like, okay, God, what do you want to do in this moment? How do you want to move in this moment? How do you want to set me free from my addiction in this moment? You know what is my favorite thing to pray? My favorite thing to pray is the will of God. You know what the will of God is for your life? That you wouldn't be addicted, that you wouldn't be depressed, that you wouldn't be anxious, that you wouldn't feel suicidal thoughts, that you wouldn't feel frustration or anger towards your parents. Do you know why I like to pray the things that is the heart of God for you? Because he answers every time. Every time. In this last week, a little participation, one more time. In this last week, how many have you have felt like life is just way too big for you? Just way too big. Like you just can't handle it. Too much going on. Don't want to deal with it, right? You can look around and see whose hands are up, but like everyone's hands are halfway up. Or you don't want to admit it. It's okay. I feel like that almost every day, so. Where are we turning? Are we still like doom scrolling? Are we still obsessing over that Netflix show or like hitting up our friends? Where are we turning? Are we turning to worship? Are we turning to the goodness of God? Are we, are we responding to what he's done for us? You know, I was reading in the Bible, Genesis 
talking about the story of Noah. You know, right before God decided to save the human race through Noah, having him build an ark, he said, I wish I would have never created this wicked and terrible people. That was crazy. You know how long ago that was? It was like 10,000 years or something, right? Of, and then we go on through history, right? And God still sent his son Jesus to save us, despite the fact that at one point he didn't even really, like he was like, why did I even mess with these people? They're crazy. They didn't do anything like I thought they were going to do. They didn't do anything that I wanted them to do. They just kept doing their own thing. We just kept trying to fix it our own way. But still, he set Jesus into our brokenness, into our mess, and he gave us life and an opportunity at life to the fullest and an opportunity at joy and an opportunity at hope. But as we're standing here in the altar, we have to be willing to go like, I want that. I want that. How often are we sitting like right next to Holy Spirit and what he wants to do with us and in the room, but he's just waiting for us to say like, hey, I want that. When God walks into the room, we sing the song, when God walks into the room, everything changes. Darkness trembles at the sound of his name. Darkness flees at the speed of light. You turn a light switch off in the building, right? Jacob, do you dare do it? Turn the light off. Hit the button. The screen too, bud. The screen is bright. Oh, there's more. All right. And at the name of Jesus, darkness flees as fast as the lights come back on. Ready? At the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. No, no, hit the light switch. Yeah, those lights are slow, man. But you know what I'm saying? But you have to want it. You have to ask for Jesus. You have to say, like, I want that. I want darkness to flee out of my life. I want freedom. I want hope. Why, why, why do people continue to struggle with what's going on around them? Why does it continue to be a hard thing and a problem? Because we identify with our circumstance and instead of identifying with the goodness of God in worship, we identify with being downcast, depressed, frustrated, whatever it might be, right? We identify, I'm an anxious person. I'm just always anxious. Every circumstance, I'm anxious. How are you not going to be if that's your identity? Instead, find your identity in the goodness of God and say, like, actually, I want to find my identity in Jesus. And so I'm actually a Christian. I used to be anxious, but now I have Jesus. I used to be depressed, but now I have Jesus. And what is Satan going to do? He's going to come back in and he's going to start hitting you with the same thing again. So whether or not you claimed it one time, you're going to have to claim it again because he's going to come back. He's going to poke on that area and he's going to say, I really think you are anxious, actually. I really think you are depressed. And you got to just hit him back in the face and go, nope, I'm, I'm with Jesus. I'm not depressed anymore. I'm not anxious anymore. I have hope. I have joy. I have Jesus. Say with me, I have hope, I have joy, I have Jesus. I have hope, I have joy, I have Jesus. One more time, I have hope, I have joy, I have Jesus. Do you guys believe that? It doesn't sound like it. I have hope, I have joy, I have Jesus. One more time, come on. I have hope, I have joy, I have Jesus. Keep going, I have hope, I have joy, I have Jesus. I have hope, I have joy, I have Jesus. Keep going, I have hope, I have joy, I have Jesus. Keep going, I have hope, I have joy, I have
Do you? I hope so. Taylor, you can come back up here. I know we're really early, but let's spend some time back with uh, walking to the room too. We're going to keep singing worship songs. I want that to play in your head. I have hope. I have joy. I have Jesus. Take the heart posture of worship. Let your attitude be worship. It's respect. It's honor. It's love. How we respond to God's goodness. How are we going to respond today? Are we going to respond by just chilling in our chairs or just by standing here and kind of looking at the screen and going like, what is life? I'm so tired. I don't want it. Are we going to respond to God's goodness and be willing to lift our hands up? Are we going to find our way to our knees? Are we just going to close our eyes and really need to contemplate like, what is God's goodness? What is it all about? How does it work? Are you with me? Some of you guys might never have, have really felt like you've like worshipped God. We're going to go back into like musical worship. You don't feel like you've ever worshipped God in this way, right? That's okay. I'm asking you to step out in faith that like on the other side of the uncomfortable moment of worshipping God, on the un- other side of the uncomfortable moment of like raising your hands for the very first time or maybe kneeling down or maybe just really focusing in for the first time, God's right on the other side of that. Sometimes it might feel like you just need a hug from the Holy Spirit, but in order to get that, you just have to be willing to say, I want that. I want that. I want what that person has when they're filled with joy in the altar worshiping. It doesn't end here, but we get to take it with us with that attitude change, with that heart posture. So I'm gonna invite you guys back up to your feet. You can come up to the altar, but we're gonna really lock in for the next 10, 15 minutes. We're going to be intentional, and I I really encourage you, like, to worship in a way that you haven't before. Like, physically worship in a way that you haven't before. If you've never knelt and sang a song like, we love you, Jesus, and we'll never stop, then you need to kneel today. If you've never raised your hands in worship, then I encourage you, like, if that's where God's leading you, Jesus, we love you, and we'll never stop. If you've never cried in worship then maybe you just need to actually like let the tears out as the Lord prompts that on your heart but I really encourage you today to just follow his leading Father God would you move among these students and their leaders tonight would you move in this space God you're already moving and working and doing something new but We just need to be more aware of it. God, we want to feel your Holy Spirit. We want to feel the love and the hope and the joy that you have for us. We want to feel your life inside of us. We want to feel your hope inside of us. Would you give us that today, God? Would you bless us with that gift of hope tonight? We love you, Jesus. Amen.